My name is Annie Lobert, and I'm a champion survivor of trafficking to tell you that God can heal you from any hurt that's ever happened to you. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you too. Hi, friends, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we invite presence, inspire purpose, and ignite passion in the hearts of people with God's love throughout the world. Friends, I got a great message today about evangelism. Speaking of passion in the hearts, let's talk about that. What does that look like? Well, to me, it looks like a torch that's lit from within with one single match of love, one single match of grace, of hope, of forgiveness. And then it spreads like wildfire. Because let me tell you something, when you've been in the lifestyle like I have, Y'all don't know my story, some of you. Some of you are just coming on this program. What is this wild-looking chick with the, let's see, I got four colors in my hair. I've got blonde, pink, purple, blue. Yeah, four colors. I match my dress. There's a little bit of gold in here as well. And I've got these wild nails. Some of you can check out my nails right here. Look at them. They're long and purty, kind of look like rainbow a little bit. And then, of course, you see my beautiful heart-shaped diamond wedding ring and my beautiful little aquamarine stone. And, yes, my makeup that matches my hair. How dare me dress like this as a Christian woman? Well, my name is Annie Lobert, and this is Annie's Pink Chair. And what we do is we help people that are getting out of the sex industry that have been sex trafficked. We get them out, we bring them into Destiny House and Dream House, our safe house homes for victims of trafficking. How do I do this? By the way, it's 20 years, two decades, I've been doing this work. Me and my team started off with just me walking on the strip by myself going and telling ladies like me that they're loved, that they're beautiful, that they're chosen, that they're set apart, that Jesus forgives them, that Jesus has a great plan for their lives, that there's nothing that could separate them, like it says in Romans 8, from God's love. Absolutely nothing. In fact, let me brag to you about God's love. Can I tell you about that today? Can I share that today with you? Listen, my friends, I'm going to talk about the woman at the well today the Samaritan woman, we were calling her Susie Q. Because when I was a little girl, my grandpa called me Susie Q. He forgot my name. It's okay. He confused me with my cousin. And it kind of made me feel some type of way. But it doesn't mean just because he wasn't saying my real name that I didn't matter. My grandpa loved me. He was such a good grandpa. And I looked up to him. So I used to be in the sex industry. Don't tell anybody. Yes. Oh, what a shocker. Yep, sure have. And guess what? I was in it for almost, let's see, almost 16 years off and on, 11 years full time. One decade of trafficking. Two different traffickers. I came to Las Vegas from Minnesota. And my boyfriend at the time, which I really believed he was, This is what they call Romeo pimping with gorilla mixed. The first night that I worked as an escort, 
He took all my money and beat me down bloody. Broke my ribs, broke my nose. He kept kicking me, yelling, this is pimping. Filling all the blanks with all the explicits. Because trust me, he was calling me all kinds of names that were horrible. Swear words, disrespectful names. Women, you can kind of fill in the blank. Names that are just something you would never say to a woman. Anyway, a respectable woman. I would never use these words towards women, but he did. And that night was the first night that I got sex trafficked on the Las Vegas trip. And I was just a teenager, just a young girl. There was nothing that I did to deserve that. Nothing. No one deserves to be sex trafficked. My life before was very, very full of complex trauma and abuse from my family and then into my teenage years with rapes. Just, I had a horrible childhood that just led into all kinds of different behavior that I am not proud of. But when I look back now, I see the beauty of God. I was five years old and I'm going to break to you right now that when I invited Jesus into my heart, I believe he never left me. And he never forsake me at all. Even though I was knocking on those doors, getting paid by buyers that were abusing me, that were trafficking me. Yes, getting paid to be in the sex industry. Stripping my clothes off. Doing bachelor parties. I was definitely a woman that could have been the same type of woman that was going to that well at noon in John 4. I relate a lot to her. I relate to the shame, the hiding, the secrecy she must have had in her heart. You don't go to the well at noon, not in the desert. It's like 120 degrees in the summertime. Not a good place to be, sweating your brow off. By the way, women back then, they had servants. They didn't go to the well themselves. Wives never went to the well. They always sent their servant girls. Well, she didn't send her servant girl. She had five different men she was with. And in fact, the man Jesus told on her that she was living with was not even her husband. And by the time she figured out that Jesus read her mail, she tried to change the subject. She tried to like manipulate it around and talk about worship on, well, we worship on this mountain. Let's go to John 4 right now and pick up where the story left off because it was just getting really good. It says here that <laughs> he told her, "Give you know, I've got living water that'll never run out. It's everlasting. It gives you, let me just read it to you. Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again and again. The water that the woman was offering him from Jacob's well. But anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. The woman said, sir, give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty, won't ever have to come back to this well again. Do you think she wanted to keep going back there? Do you think I wanted to keep getting sex trafficked and hiding from people that I was working in the sex industry. When I left my first pimp, I would hide and work during the day because I knew he was looking for me. 
I also was very embarrassed walking through the casinos when I got busted by the police and security. I did the walk of shame, they call it, with handcuffs behind my back. And all the people that were gambling and eating their food would look at me, watch me walk, and be like, oh, look at that girl. Oh, she did something naughty. That girl's a, that girl's definitely a whore. That girl's definitely a hooker. And I'm telling you, that's probably what they were thinking. So she said, sir, give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty. I won't ever have to come back to this well again. And he said, okay, go call your husband and then come back. She said, I have no husband. Jesus said, that's nicely put. I have no husband. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. Wow. She didn't lie because she said, I have no husband. But she didn't tell the whole truth either. See, when you're coming out of a sinful lifestyle, you're not going to tell everybody what you did. Friends, people are coming into our churches right now. And they're not going to share with every with you everything they've done because sometimes it's too overwhelming. It's too embarrassing. It's shame-filled. And it's okay that we don't give you every single thing we've done all the time. Okay, church, talking to you right now. Tapping you on your shoulder. Wink, wink. Let's be nice to the people that are coming in. People are coming in because they're thirsty. Let's talk about that. That's nicely put, I have no husband. You've had five husbands, and the man you've lived with now is not, not even your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. Then the woman said, oh, so you're a prophet. Well, tell me this. Our ancestors worship God at this mountain, but you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship, right? Believe me, woman, the time is coming. When you Samaritans will worship the Father, neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem, you worship guessing in the dark. We Jews worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews. But the time is coming. It has, in fact, come when what you're called will not matter and where you go to worship will not matter. He was saying that you don't have to be Jewish anymore. And where you worship isn't going to matter anymore. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is looking out for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves. And this themselves is actually cursed in the Bible themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Say that with me, friends. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship him must do it in, out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. This is in the Message Bible, by the way, if y'all haven't caught on yet. (laughs) You're probably looking at your Bible going, where is this? I can't find these words. Anyway, the woman said in verse 25, I don't know about that. I do know that the Messiah is coming. 
And when he arrives, we'll get the whole story. And then Jesus shocked everybody. He said, I am he. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked. Whoa, why is Jesus talking to that kind of woman? Why would he be talking to that hoe right there? Why is he talking to that Samaritan woman? You know what, you guys, back then, Samaritan people, they were considered half-breeds. And the Jewish back then were actually prejudiced against half-breeds. They didn't consider them whole. So it says they couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of woman. No one said what they were all thinking, but, oh, we got to get this. Their faces showed it. You want me to give you my resting blank face? Hmm. I know what she used to be doing for a living. <laughs> Look at her outfit. Look at the way she's walking. Look at her hair. Look at the colors. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I'm the woman at the well. Hey, can I come and worship with you guys and sit down up here? Let me be the church real quick. Hmm. Uh, you're going to have to sit back. Um, that seat's taken. Sit back there. You guys, that is not who we're supposed to be. This woman, these people are coming in our churches searching for truth. They're searching for a water to drink. They're searching for Jesus. And they don't even know it. Are we going to give them Jesus? Or are we going to lie and not give them the love of Christ? Because if you don't give them the love of Jesus, we're liars. Just keep it real. We're not giving the full gospel. What is the full gospel? Last time I checked, is the gospel of good news. It's, guess what? You're forgiven for all your sins in the past, actually in the present and in the future. Bam! With one hit of a piece of blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, cross crucified. Because guess what, everyone? He came for all, not just the Jews, not just the Jewish people, not just Jerusalem and Israel. He came for all countries, all races, all people, all faiths, all religions, everyone, even the atheists. So if you're an atheist listening and watching right now, holler. Hi, we're here to tell you Jesus loves you so much. And God is real. The Holy Spirit, he can indwell inside. You just have to say, God, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I believe that you died and that you were risen from the dead. Come into my life. Help me. Forgive me of my sins. And now you can live your life for God the rest of your life. You guys, actually, to be honest with you, that prayer is not even in the Bible. That's what we say when we're at church. You can just simply say, help me, Jesus. Jesus, help. I surrender. Jesus, oh, please forgive me. 
I want to live for you now, God. Help me in Jesus' name, amen. That's all you got to say. That's it. He'll come right to you, right where you're at, just like this Samaritan woman. Then it says in verse 28 through 30, the woman took the hint and left. And she, cause she saw the looks on their face. Y'all, she took off. She was like, I'm not sticking around in this town, this joint right here. I'm out of here, man. But check this out. I will go to the next place because you know what? I just got touched by Jesus Christ and I'm going to run and tell that. I'm going to run to the next town and tell them what happened because I am so excited. Woo! I just met the Messiah. Says the woman took the hint and left. In her confusion, she left the water pot. So that was where she carried the water. She didn't need it anymore. Because guess what? She just got filled up with the gospel in her spirit. Jesus filled her up. Says back in the village, she told the people, come see a man who knew all about the things I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think this could be the Messiah? And they went out to see for themselves. So she brought all these people back with her. Y'all, that's me. Okay. You know what? Those guys that pass those cards out on the strip, they go like this. And they try to give these cards out. And those cards are for escorts on the Las Vegas strip to call a number, to bring a girl to your room in 20 minutes to commit an act of trafficking. Okay. To commit an act of adultery. All right. And they flap their fingers and they pass it out. Well, you know what I do? I pass out my little card. My first time I ever really did this was back in 2005. I know, don't get judgmental. You see the little fish hook right here, hookers for Jesus. And it says here, I am a former stripper and prostitute escort from Las Vegas who is human sex trafficked, AKA pimped for over 11 years. The sex industry promised things that I was longing for, money, sex, fortune, love. But the longer I chased it, the more depressed and lonely I actually became. I was in denial of the severe abuse. I became so desperate for love that I started to do drugs, drink, and eventually attempted suicide. That day, I hit rock bottom. And all that was around me faded into complete darkness and death. I prayed to God to rescue me from myself. And he did. I found out that God loved me no matter what I had done to destroy my life. I now am fully restored from my painful past and want to help women see that they don't have to sell their bodies to be loved. They can be rescued redeemed and fully restored because if he could do it for me, he can do it for anyone. For more information on our organization, please contact our helpline 702-883-5155 or for visit hookersforjesus.net or visit pinkchair.org, our new name. Yes, my friends, look at that little picture of me, me and my little card, giving this out to the girls and people that were listening, that they knew that I was reaching out with full love to them, to tell them that God loved them. Let's check out what happened next. Woo, this is so good. It says it's harvest time. And I'm going to say this to you, my friends. It's harvest time. These women, these men, these children, these girls and boys are coming to our churches. 
They're coming to our businesses. They're coming into places that we worship. And they're asking for a drink of water. What are we going to do? What is our response? How are we going to help them? They're starving. They're thirsty. Are we the answer? Tell me, if we're not the answer, where they're going to go? Are they going to continue to drink poisonous water of searching for money, searching for love in all the wrong places? To be trafficked, to be raped, to be abused, to be sexually assaulted? No. We are the church. It's harvest time. It says in verse 31, in the meantime, the disciples pressed him, Rabbi, eat. Aren't you going to eat? So his disciples are asking him, Rabbi means teacher, man, Jesus, aren't you hungry? Like you're sitting at this hot space and this well talking to this immoral woman, clearly immoral woman. He told them, I have food to eat. You know nothing about. The disciples were puzzled. Who could have brought him food? Jesus said, the food that keeps me going is that I do the will of the one who sent me. Finishing the work he started. As you look around right now, wouldn't you say that in about four months, it will be time to harvest? Well, I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, friends, from Annie, to open your eyes and take a good look at what's right in front of you. These Samaritan fields are ripe. It's harvest time. The harvester isn't waiting. He's taking his pay, gathering in his grain that's ripe for eternal life. Now the sower is the arm in arm with the harvester. Triumphant. That's the truth of the saying. This one sows, that one harvests. I sent you to harvest a field you never worked. Without lifting a finger, you have walked in on a field worked long and hard by others. This is so deep, y'all. Can you handle this deepness right here? Many of the Samaritans from that village committed themselves to him because of the woman's witness. Whoa, hallelujah. The woman's witness. Are you getting this, my friends? This woman, touched by the Holy Spirit, touched by Jesus, ran down tell that, okay? She ran and snitched and said, this man, Jesus, could he be the Messiah? He read my mail. And I know he knows the truth. He's the Messiah. And the Messiah is coming to rescue us. She said, he knew all about the things I did He knows me inside out. They asked him to stay on. So Jesus stayed two days and a lot more people entrusted their lives to him. When they heard what he had to say, they said to the woman, we're no longer taking this on your say so. We've heard it for ourselves and know it for sure. He's the savior of the world. (laughs) need you to get this, my friends. The internet is our field. People walking in the church is your field. People at the grocery store are your field. 
There are victims of abuse and trafficking right in front of you, and they're ripe for harvest. Jesus went to this well. This woman was looking for a drink. She was hurting. She was full of shame. She needed someone to tell her who she really was and that she was absolutely accepted because Jesus said, we're, there's going to be a day that we're all going to be the same and we're all going to be worshiping on the same mountain. We're going to be in the kingdom of God together. Friends, we have to get this now. Now is the time to tell people that are immoral, that people that are lost and hurting, that have been abused, that have complex trauma, that are addicts, that are porn addicts, that are pimps, that are prostitutes, that are sex trafficking victims, that God loves them with all his heart and he's waiting for them to come home. We are the ones to tell them this, my friends, it doesn't make it any clearer in these scriptures. We have to be obedient. Church, yes, we need to reach the orphans. Yes, we need to reach the widows and the homeless. But where are we reaching the ones caught up in sexual immorality? It says it right here, y'all. We are the witnesses. I want to implore you. We are doing the work at our organization, pinkchair.org. Partner with us, friends. All you got to do is click the link, press donate. You might not be able to come and volunteer and be the hands and feet, but you could definitely help us keep our mission open, keep our safe houses open, keep our programs running. We are the church. Let's do it together. Friends, you inspire me. You're listening and watching this right now. To me, that tells me that you care, that you want to hear what's going on. And right now, like I said, the harvest is here. Join our hands. Welcome the walk with us together to reach the lost, to reach the exploited, to reach the ones that have been hurting for so long, waiting for a cup of cold water. Come with us arm in arm and help us. Friends, I am so happy you joined this week. Y'all made me cry, okay? <laughs> Maybe when you read this story the next time in John 4, you're going to look at it differently. I hope your eyes been open today because mine have. I love you. Thank you for coming on Annie's Pink Chair. My name is Annie Lobert, and I'll see you next time. Hi, Annie Lobert here, and I talk a lot about my story, and I relate it to a lot of the talks I have with my guests and my own little preaches that I do on this show, and I just wanted to inform you about my book that I wrote. This was my name when I was in the game, Fallon. My name was Fallon York, but this is Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. Super simple. Go to our website, pinkchair.org. You can get your own book. This reads like a movie. But not only that, my friends, this shows you what sex trafficking is in our own backyard, the United States. It also talks about the Destiny House, a place and also the Dream House where we bring our victims of trafficking to turn them into victors of trafficking where they get trauma therapy, they get stabilized from their terrible abuses they've been through, and they have equine therapy, art therapy, they get their own personal trainer. 
You guys name it, they get it. Would you please go to pinkchair.org and click on donate? Become a monthly partner? It's super easy to give up a coffee once a month, isn't it? Or maybe a shopping spree? Wouldn't it be nice to donate that to our housing? We have two houses and three apartments. Thank you so much for donating. My name is Annie Lobert, and I'm a champion survivor of trafficking to tell you that God can heal you from any hurt that's ever happened to you. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you too. 